0: Radio Network.
1: And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So the daughter of Bill and Melinda Gates, Jennifer, 25, just had a wedding. And the wedding required all 300 guests to be vaccinated and test negative on the big day of the wedding. But really, the interview with Jennifer, she talks about how challenging this two million dollar wedding was was it Jen was it? Well yeah, it was about the divorce, you know it made that just extra challenging. Mom and dad were fighting and the struggles of that. but she married uh, Nael Nasser at their uh, she she had they had the wedding you know it wasn't at the local moose lodge uh, it was at the uh, home. Of Bill and Melinda Gates in North Salem, New York, at just a little dumpy ranch that they've got out there. Sure, I think the price tag was twenty-five or thirty million. It's just a little horse farm. I mean, just invite some people over to the horse farm for the wedding. But uh, I was really struggling. It made me feel sad for her because if you ever had to, you know, struggle through a wedding your parents are fighting it can't be easy i'm sure that the few million she spent on the wedding made it a little bit easier it's always a little bit easier when there isn't really a budget when it's like well we'll just have it at mom and dad's moose lodge you know the horse farm in new york we'll have it at the end of the summer so the weather will be beautiful and we'll just make sure everybody is, you know, has to be vaccinated and test negative. And how much can we spend? Dad, how much can we spend? Well, I think I spent $2 million. Ah, don't worry about it. I got it for you, baby. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you are Nayel Nasser, the new hubby, son-in-law to Bill and Melinda, You are thankful. That's the word I'm thinking of. I thought of a couple other words there too, but I didn't use them. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So, you know, they say you learn something new every day. And that is true. And that's one of the things I try to do here on Chewing the Fat is, you know, attempt to have you be able to leave the show by saying, huh, uh, you learn something new every day. So I didn't realize that we had a United States Public Service Commission Corps, the PHSCC. It's also referred to as the commissioned corps of the united states public health service yeah i mean that makes it so much better but congratulations to rachel levin who is the first transgender four-star admiral who is her real job is the assistant secretary of health but she's now a four-star admiral rachel levin the surgeon general uh vivek murthy he's the second in command vice admiral and the deputy surgeon general is Denise Hinton as the rear admiral for the uh, what did I say their name was again oh yeah the commissioned Corps of the United States Public Service I didn't know it was founded in 1889 amazing it's a uniformed service healthcare and medical services are their role. They have 6,500 plus officers. Incredible. I, I mean, I... Look. It's a made-up military thing. You know that, right? I mean, it's absolutely. But they say that they've engaged in the Spanish-American War, World War One, World War Two, war in Afghanistan, the Iraq War. So... I mean, they're there fighting arm-in-arm arm with the the soldiers they're there to help provide health care related services to medically underserved populations oh okay so they're there for the American Indians and the Alaska Natives and other population groups with special needs alright anyway congratulations to Rachel Levin for being the first transgender Admiral I'm surprised, I mean, she's at the top, but I'm surprised that she didn't actually get the rear admiral position, but maybe that's just me. So we may as well continue on learning something new, and speaking of tolerance, uh, we have uh, the One World Religion Headquarters is set to open next year. The headquarters will be called the abrahamic family house and is being built on an island in the middle eastern city of abu dhabi so it should be gorgeous i mean the headquarters is being done in collaborate in collaboration with pope francis and the sunni muslim leader sheikh Ahmed al-taib after they both signed the global peace covenant called the Document of Human Fraternity for World Peace. So, that's great. The stated purpose of the Abrahamic Family House is to bring understanding and tolerance among the faiths. But, there's a couple of challenges to the whole thing. Um, Abu Dhabi is a part of the UAE. They uh well Christians Christians are illegal to be there in Abu Dhabi, so I mean the Pope is lucky to make it out alive, I guess. I don't know, I don't know if they signed it there or not. Maybe they signed it someplace else. So I don't know. Now, the headquarters is gonna have three buildings, one building each representing the mosque, the church, and the synagogue. Now, That having been said, remember, Christianity really (laughs) really is illegal. (laughs) Uh, So the church, now they're not going to be able to permit it to have a cross or anything, any method of identifying themselves as being a church in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. So I'm not really sure that you'll be able to know that it's part of the one world religion headquarters. You'll see the mosque. You'll see the synagogue, and then you'll see some dump that's just painted white there in the corner. What's that place? Oh, nothing. It's just a place where those dirty Christians go. But tolerance is all about... It's all about the Abrahamic family house that is part of the document of human fraternity for world peace. Doesn't that sound nice? The document... Of human fraternity for world peace. Headquartered in the UAE. So you Christians, and we, we wanna we wanna be tolerant of you, but we're gonna pretend you don't exist, okay? <laughs> that's how tolerant we are of you. <laughs> oh that's great. That is great. Isn't it? Isn't it great? We're in a good place on the globe. We were in a good, good place. I watched a video today. We didn't play it on Pat Unleashed. Uh, I wish I'm sure they'll get to it. It's uh, one, of the, uh, one of the great leaders from Afghanistan. <laughs> and uh, they're asking him to point out where Afghanistan is on the globe. And he can't do it. I want to see our president of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden, ask that same question. Because I have a feeling, now you'd you'd think, you know, really, I want to believe that the president of the United States of America would be able to look at a globe and go, that's us. He might have a tough time with China, Japan. He might have a tough time with finding Afghanistan as well. But you got to believe he knows the United States, right? Right? come on now come on everybody can look at a you remember the 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 campus reform bit that they did where they're having people look at the map and point out different countries now i remember the map was kind of inverted you know they had it switch like if you look at a map of the globe laying flat uh, they had it switched around so they you know the way it normally is so it did make it a tad more difficult if you weren't familiar with where things are on the globe but i have you just you know that it would take that it takes that split second to go oh you've got that switched around okay that's the united states (laughs) that's africa oh yeah because they were asking for countries and the guy pointed at africa it was like that's a continent not a country but uh that's right i remember this Uh, it's it's all coming back to me now but my point is you got to believe right that the president of the united states knows where the united states is when he looks at a map of the world right Raise your hands if you believe that our president would know where the United States is on a map, given the opportunity. Anyone? And as long as we're talking about uh, religion and global awareness of where countries are, uh, get ready for the big fight as activists are urging the Beijing Olympic boycotts over human rights concerns. So if you could, you know, lay out the map, you know where China is, right? That's right it's right here i'm gonna hold up my hand let's say this is the globe all right? and we're here that means china would be right here okay right across the ocean it's right there you can see it okay now we know according to the program and advocacy manager of the world uyghur congress man betcha that's a swinging club right there the yeah, the World Uyghur Congress. Uh, the Olympic torch is supposed to represent peace and hope, but for our people who are living under the brutal Chinese Communist Party, this represents global global. I have to say it right. This represent. I want to quote the uh, Zumetre Arkin, the program advocacy manager of the World Uyghur Congress. I apologize for not getting your quote right. Um, this uh, for those people, our people, who are living under the brutal Chinese Communist Party. This represents global complicity in China's extreme repression. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. Now, raise your hand if you think Joe Biden could find China on a map. Go ahead, anyone anyone no all right let's go to the break room then you know where china is i already showed you i need something cold to drink come on desperately actually oh my gosh no that's not china silly that's, <laughs> that's india wow are you dumb so did you see where renee zellweger is in trouble again because she's playing another fat person and she's being filmed in a fat suit. And now, you know, the fat people are pissed. I want to go on record as saying as a, uh, an athletically overweight human, uh, I'm not upset with Renee. It's okay. She's an actress. Oh, I'm sorry, an actor. And she gets to play roles that doesn't represent her exact body type. Because that would mean she would have to act, and so you know, if you're going to play a fat person, you got to act like a fat person too. That takes a little bit of doing. There's a there's a way about fat people. I don't know if you know this, but I do. Okay, I'm aware of being fat. Just saying. So the uh, 52 year old, wow, Renee Zellweger, 52 now. Uh, she's taking the lead role of. Pam Hupp in an upcoming, you know, I mean, it rolls right off the tongue when you think of a fat female, Pam Hupp. Uh, it's an upcoming true crime tale. She, uh, she has to play the, you know, because Pam was uh, overweight. Now, uh, she. <laughs> they have pictures of her and they're pissed that she had to wear this fat suit. She's unrecognizable. Um yeah that's good. She might get a, you know she maybe she'll get an MA or an Oscar for it. Now Pam would uh was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole after pleading guilty to um the murder of a mentally disabled man. All right, I know. I know. Uh she Sold her husband out for killing this guy. And her husband was found guilty of killing this guy. And then they were like, wait. Nope. It was her. So it'll be a fascinating story. Although you look at the pictures of her uh, in the fat suit. It's a good look for Renee. That was a really good look for Renee. Just, just saying. They are unhappy with her playing the uh play of the fat person though because now it's damaging fat phobic and potentially triggering to fat people oh no oh no because you know as well as i do a fat suit has always been a way of mocking fat people no matter who wears it even if it's for an acting role um yeah that's but she's not mocking it she's playing the role of a fat person if they could find a good fat because what's her face who's the who's the big there's two pretty big fat chicks now that are stars you know who I'm talking about the one from the one show and the one from the other show you got the this is us chick right right okay what's her name Chrissy Metz. Yeah, Chrissy Metz. So she plays a female that's, you know, overweight. And then you have, uh, what's her face? Uh, Melissa McCarthy, right? She could play though. Now, maybe there's there's two actresses right there that might be able to pull off the, uh, you know, the murderer, Pam Hupp. I don't know. I don't know. Now, the thing is, do I, we're told that what's-her-face Zellweger is wearing a fat suit. I mean, if she wants to win an award, she needs to put on the weight herself. She needs to balloon out on her own. Okay? That's the way you win. Wearing the fat suits and stuff. I mean, actually, you know, the people that said you make fun of fat people, that's actually kind of true. I mean, I've worn a fat suit before. I've worn a big fat belly before when I played Chris Christie, because Chris Christie is uh, seriously—he's—he's he's a fat guy. You know, I, and being an athletically overweight person, we—you know—when you play a a fat guy, you got to wear a fat suit, and I did. Um, so I guess that's kind of right, because I was making fun of him. So maybe they're right. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about. You know. I'm just saying. But we found out today that weight loss may not actually make you healthier another way of making fat right i'm telling you man the new world so new research suggests exercise is more important for longevity than weight loss okay so i just want to be clear about something right now okay that very well may be true but with exercise comes weight loss okay you don't see there's not a lot of old fat people. I wonder why that is. Okay? I'm just saying. I, I I don't maybe you know, when you go to a nursing home, and man, you can't keep me away from nursing homes. I stop by and just see how everybody's doing and hey, how are you today? And play a game of checkers with Mo and play a game of Euchre with Millie over there in the corner. But you don't see a lot of fat people being old you just don't but according to this now the recent scientific review strengthens the points that health experts have increasingly embraced that the idea people can absolutely be fit and fat I you know what I think we, I need a new t-shirt that's either athletic I'm athletically overweight uh fit and fat i'm fit and fat chewing the i like that actually fit and fat chewing the fat chewing the fat fit and fat could be the fit and fat club for chewing the fat okay we got something to work on we got to chew on that for a little bit (laughs) let's have some cookies brought in and we'll work on that all right and then we've got uh i actually i've got another idea that was given to me from uh the producer chris corby excellent idea I can't remember what it is it was so good I can't remember what it is now just tell me what it was it was a bumper
0: sticker for fat guy seating
1: oh yeah now one thing that I I have a problem with that is that who puts a bumper sticker on their car anymore I love bumper stickers. I love the idea of bumper stickers but nobody puts bumper stickers on their car anymore you can stick it wherever you want to okay that's a good point so okay the bumper sticker this this car has fat guy seating. I like that. I like that a lot. Maybe we get the ones. Oh, we get the cutouts. You know, the guys have the family and the dogs and the, you know, the the mom and the dad and the kids and the dog. We get the cutout of a fat guy. up this car has fat guy seating. Yes, that's what we need. We need to get that made in China and have it shipped over. Oh, it'll be here in two or three years. All right. No problem. Don't worry about it. So, I, so anyway, that's just saying. You can be fit and fat and listen to Chewing the Fat somewhere, somewhere that works. I'm not quite sure where that works, but it works somewhere. You know, I was reading a story yesterday about theme parks, and it caught my attention because it talked about how the nasty stuff that happens at theme parks, and it talked about, you know, people throwing up People going to the bathroom, you know, on themselves and on the ride, and how people had gone through uh, the haunted houses and left remnants of themselves in the in the ride or in the you know the walkthrough. Which you know they had to shut it down and just horrible. But at the end of the story, they the person that's doing the story of the bad stuff that happens at theme parks one of the biggest problems they face is people trying to get on rides when they're too small or too big i guarantee you the too small there's no walk of shame for the little kid that can't get on the little kids just well actually the little kid's doing what the fat guy's doing you know taking a shot just you know what are they going to say no and then i walk away except that you get fat shamed because the little kid they just say no get out of here nice try the fat guy as we've talked about on this show before they try to squeeze you in and then you can't so you have to do the the fat walk of shame (laughs) yeah because they said the, the amount of time i've seen people try to sneak their infants on a ride is astounding Really? You want to take your infants on some of these rides? I mean, maybe they're trying to accidentally have something happen. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they don't have anybody else to watch the kid. They want to ride with the hubby. I guess. I guess. I guess that's the way. But they also talk about how the telling people the worst thing is telling people that they're too large for the ride. It's always pretty awkward. Some people just didn't understand you could not ride the ride if you couldn't buckle the seat belt the sad thing is a lot of times we'd tell people that they were too big to fit and they'd start arguing with us and yelling at us just to push the lap bar down harder yeah that's because you they tell you that's the fat guy's seat so they say this is the fat guy's seat so you're trying to suck it in and make him push the bar in on you and then, then it doesn't click. I mean, you are praying. Come on, click. I'm sucking it as far as I can go. Click, click. Come on, let me hear the click. Oh, no, it doesn't click. All right, get off. You're too fat. Get out of here. You may be fat and fit, but you ain't fitting to ride to ride, bruh. Or ma'am. Either one works, you know. Hey, a reminder, hashtag uh, shave head, save a human. Okay, Uh, I'm raising money for Our Rescue to help put an end to uh, modern-day slavery. And I'm going to shave my head live on uh, Facebook and Instagram um, a month from now. If you're listening live, it is the 20th of October, 2021. So on the 19th of November, 2021, a Friday afternoon, I'm going to go live on my Facebook and Instagram pages, Jeff Fisher Radio, and shave my head, get rid of this hair. It's actually getting pretty long. I'm actually, I mean, I was... (laughs) i'm in ponytail land now i could do it in the ponytail and i i think i may start coming in with a ponytail it'll be a good look and uh, i mean everybody uh, any fat guy with a ponytail looks great go ahead tell me i'm wrong that's what i thought you can't so i'm trying to raise enough to help one human for a year O co- U R are says that it takes six thousand dollars for one year it pays for legal documents medical travel to home country food water lodging transportation and educational vocational training for that survivor for one year it takes six thousand dollars so i'd like to raise six thousand dollars to help one person for one year to uh become free and safe again in their life so if you want to help me do that the links are in my social media accounts uh in the bios uh at jeffyjfr on twitter uh, like I said, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, you know, just give what you can. That'd be great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And it just uh, its something that I wanted to do. And, you know, hey, anybody can just shave their head. All right. But let's do it for a cause. And you can join in. You can hashtag shave head, save a human and send me a pic of your, of your head shaved. Huh? Only, you know, do it after you show that you've donated a little money. To, uh, to my cause, okay? All right, good, thank you. Oh my gosh, the phone line is blinking. Is that Brad Meltzer? Holy cow, he must have a new book out. Well it is Brad Meltzer on the line I saw the phone blinking I figured it was you Hello Brad Meltzer Welcome to Chewing the Fat How in the world are you? I'm good I'm glad to be
0: talking to you again
1: Oh fantastic Well we only just had a couple of seconds There this morning on Pat Unleashed So I just wanted to chat with you again We got to speak two weeks ago also That's right we did And we spoke on the day That you uh, got to speak in front of the, uh, the school board And get your books back from being banned or frozen.
0: Was that the correct? Let's let's do the ending of that story because I feel like we left a cliffhanger for everybody. So, um, the quick version being, they banned our books. I am Rosa Parks and I am Martin Luther King Jr. in York County, Pennsylvania. It had yeah. nothing to do with the content. They banned every single book on the list by basically just saying we're going to wait, we're going to read them, we're going to check them out another day. They waited eleven and a half months and never read any of them. <laughs> that seems like so a well, long time,
1: right? Just and to again, freeze. so what became
0: freeze yeah. turns into right. This freeze turns into. It becomes a ban because no librarians don't know what to do. Teachers are asking questions. There's no answers from the school board. Um, we team up with uh, the Little Free Library in the local area and say to people, you know what? Don't just buy our books. Buy every book on this list. There's great books by Malala, by Sesame Street. You know, if you're Ben and Ernie and Bert, you're screwing it up. No kidding. And so the people start buying the books. When I speak to you that day, that night, I go to the school board meeting, virtual meeting. I'm the first person called on and jeffy they they literally all i do is read from i am rosa parks i read those lines that just show them what kind of book they've banned it says you know i'm i'm not a, a famous business person i'm not uh, a rich scientist all i am is an ordinary person and i'm proof that there's no such thing as an ordinary person one of my favorite lines in i am rosa yeah. parks and i think i've i've saved the day again isn't it great and then all the community starts speaking and these students, 16 and 17 year old students start speaking, telling them uh, you know, we need these books. And, and, you know, these are books about people that look like me. And how dare you do this? And they're giving like speeches like it's the final scene in Braveheart. You know I mean, <laughs> it, they're just incredible. And by the time these kids are done, who are of course, are the real heroes of the day, the school board unanimously votes to undo the freeze, to give back the books, um, and uh, democracy gets saved for another day, but sadly, you know, we're going to see that, that that battle being fought over and over and over again, especially as the election approaches, and everyone's trying to make a point and try and prove that their side's right.
1: I, I say we should always. Uh, this is just, you know, it's a thought off the top of my head. We should always err on the side of, I don't know, freedom, and uh, let people right, decide. I mean, that's well, just the, me, you though. You the
0: thing, that, well, the problem is, is that's what you, you know, what you're seeing is that you're, you know, because everyone's home in the pandemic for the last year and a half from their with kids school, they're seeing what their kids are seeing, studying and research right. and reading more than they ever did. And that's not a bad thing. You should be no, involved is in not. Kid's life. Right. And we all, you know, we all want to blame everything on the government. I'm, I always say you, you want your kid to be learning up, teach it to them. You're their parent, teach it. Amen. The problem is, is now that we're all in our kids stuff, you have every parent you have. And again, this is a both sides problem. If we say it's one side, you're kidding yourself. You have some side saying, oh, my gosh, you know, why aren't you teaching more about these race issues and diversity issues? And for some people, that goes too far. And then you have the other side saying, you can't, I don't want race in here at all. That's a scary subject. Don't try and indoctrinate my kids into other things. On the other side, and each side thinks that theirs is the only way to look at things. And I always say, you know, if if you think that when we fight like that and we don't listen to each other, we lose common sense. And it's like if someone says, hey, you want your kids indoctrinated? Of course not. No one wants their kids indoctrinated. And and have you met a kindergarten teacher? They're not trying to indoctrinate your kids. They're trying to teach your kids how to share. But, you know, what happens is if you say to them, hey, should we talk about race in a a sensitive way that lets kids know what it's like to be someone else so we can actually all get along a little better, 99% of people in America go, yeah, I would like that. So it's just a question of how that's framed for you by the media as to how you react to the question. And just remember that to everyone listening, when you hear that out there, you hear that word indoctrination, that's designed to scare you. You know, critical race theory is designed to be like, look, if they're trying to get you, it's like, man, it's a college level thing that's, that is just a really good push button for fear. And the same way anyone who says, you know, they're trying to like shove American values down their throat is, you know, it's a push button to make you, to get you all ginned up. Uh, whatever side you're on, they want to get that reaction out of you. Don't fall for it.
1: So, Brad, now that we've got this squared away and, you know, if anybody has any questions and wants to know how to solve problems of the world, I'm sure they can call us and we'd be happy to answer them. I know I would. Um, I see that you have uh, just one new book out right now. What are you doing with your life? What's going on?
0: I know, truly. Well, there were supposed to be two. One of them got caught in shipping delays, which killed me physically. because One, we worked on it, and two, it was done. Um, so they they actually sent me one copy and Chris Eliopoulos, our amazing artist one copy so there's two copies of the I am pay book but yeah we only have one copy of the new book um, I am do you Opo know increased. do
1: you know what ship it's on <laughs> I
0: mean it's some, it's somewhere man I got we got two copies I feel like we should auction them off or something for charity
1: that's a great idea. That is a great idea. So, anyway, the new book that wasn't lost in shipping isn't in a cargo yard somewhere in, at the Los Angeles port. I am Oprah Winfrey, up for sale today as we speak.
0: Yeah, and and listen, uh, people are like, it's the first book we've done. I mean, listen, every book we've done, this is the 25th book in the series, we get complaints about someone saying, why are you doing that person? I am Abraham Lincoln. People are like, why are you doing Lincoln? I am George Washington. Why are you doing George Washington? I am Benjamin Franklin. Didn't you know he owned slaves? I'm like, yes. And he spent the last years of his life fighting against slavery. Calm down, man.
1: Yeah, We already um, know that We've, we were taught. We, that. we all know it. Know. Right.
0: But Oprah Winfrey, people are like, why are you doing her? I'm like, there's no politics in it. The reason I'm doing her is because I look at my own kids and these books are always designed as you know, to teach my kids and give them better values. To teach them how to be kind, how to have compassion and how to how build character character is that thing we kind of lost in america that's for these sure
1: days. And, and oprah I is such a success thought, sorry oprah winfrey is such a success i She's mean success, her, story, what I, what her story love about it is, is we incredible
0: barely deal, we barely deal with her success star what we deal with is how she got there and and, I, and my kids are anxious right now so i want to teach them how self-love works i wanted to show my daughter and my sons What a strong businesswoman looks like. And Oprah, when she's a little girl, this is a story I didn't know about her. When she's a little girl, she hated her look so much she thought her nose was too wide. She used to sleep at night with a clothespin on her nose to make her nose smaller.
1: That's amazing. And as
0: she gets older, they tell her her body's the wrong size, her skin's too dark. They even tell her she cares too much about people. In fact, one of my favorite stories in there is when she's covering a family whose uh, house burns down from fire. And the next day, she covers up for the news. Next day, she shows up with blankets for the family because they have nothing left. And the person at the news station says to her, yells at her, why are you getting involved with the story? You can't do that. And she's like, the story? What about being a good person? And right. I want my daughter to know and I want my sons to know that her whole life, Oprah Winfrey is told she's the wrong body type, the wrong size. She cares too much about people. There is no such thing. The only thing you ever got to be is you. And that's the greatest gift you can give yourself. And that is the core of I Am Oprah Winfrey as a book.
1: Fantastic. So this is number 25.
0: Wow. I know we told our publisher yesterday there was a 25th anniversary. And I was like, I think that's the buy your author a car anniversary.
1: Absolutely. it is.
0: They did not think so.
1: Yeah. Either that or perhaps a jet uh, would come to mind. Uh, That'd be nice. Just saying.
0: It will be nice too. But I think they would. I mean, I don't think. Even the publisher would be like, you know, the books did they, they do well, but not that
1: well. It's not <laughs> so you've got 25 of these and you've got, I'm sure, you know, many in the pipeline uh, coming. And I know, you know, we joked around this morning on Pat's show that uh, one of them obviously should be, you know, me. Jeffy, I'm Jeffy. Yeah, I'm was all for best. that. Look, I, you I say, you say. I mean, your your website, bradmelzer.com talks about how every person has a story. Every person, every life makes history. Every life is a story. I believe is the quote on your website, Mister Meltzer. I, listen,
0: I said I I would read that book, and we just haven't done. You know. I, when we rank the people, no offense to anyone, We haven't done Nelson Mandela yet. I think you might be right behind Nelson Mandela. I think it's like that's the ranking. But you know it's a good thing.
1: I'm willing to be behind Mandela, it's fine <laughs> on the list. All right. You get back to me when you're done with Nelson, no problem. So, all right. So you've got uh, I am Oprah Winfrey, uh, a brand new book out right now. You can get it anywhere. Go to bradmeltzer.com or go to amazon.com or support support your local bookstore if they're back open for business uh, and get uh, I am Oprah Winfrey. So, uh, and we have uh, the one book lost in lost in the luggage somewhere that will show up sometime in a year or so. So now you and then you have another thriller coming out as well soon, right?
0: Yeah, so here's, here's the order of things. Uh, in February, the next two kids' books are I Am Malala and I Am Muhammad Ali. And I've been waiting to do Muhammad Ali for so long. It's such a good book.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, that would um, be great.
0: And then we're doing I Am Pei, and who's an, arch- an architect that got delayed, but he's coming out with I Am Dolly Parton, and I love the Dolly Parton book.
1: That's an, another March, great story.
0: Gosh. Love her story. She's Some been amazing. And, um, and then in March, we're, it's the 25th anniversary of me as a writer, since I've been a writer, I should say. And that's when the new thriller comes out. It's called The Lightning Rod. And The Lightning Rod, uh, she is a killer and she strikes like nobody's business. So nice. you'll see the lightning rod come March. I think it's March 8th.
1: I am a huge, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. So the, I mean, so those are already done. What are you working on, Brad? What's going on? What do you got coming up? So after yeah, that? Yeah. So the one that I'm working on <laughs> you're so good.
0: The one that I'm working on after that is actually top secret. It is so good. And you will never guess who it is. It is a total twist, but you're, I, I can tell you personally, you will love it. I okay. know you, and I know who you love. <laughs> and You are going to love this one, and no one's going to ever guess it. Um, and then we're working on the next in the conspiracy theory series. You know, we did I am. We did the first conspiracy, the secret plot to kill George Washington. We did the Lincoln conspiracy about the secret plot to kill Abraham Lincoln. Right. And we're also Josh mentioned. I are working on that, uh, the third book in that series. So that's actually been taking up lots of time as well.
1: So, yeah. and what's happening with uh, you? Still got the TV show going, and uh, not the yeah. Uh, the, so they the, took. Uh,
0: yeah. So they took. It's called. The, they took our kids' books, The Ordinary People Change the yeah. World Books that I do with Chris Eliopoulos. They turned it into a TV show on PBS. Right. Kids. Um, I think we're a couple of shows after Sesame Street, which is just crazy because we're like Sesame Street and then Xavier Riddle in The Secret Museum. And it's about a boy named Xavier, his sister Yadina, their best friend, Brad, the most handsome cartoon character <laughs> of all time. Funny how that happens. Um, and, right. And they have, a, they have a problem like they're being bullied. They go to their... Back in time, they meet Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks teaches them how to deal with bullies. They come back to the present day, and they use that problem. And it's just awesome. like the kids' books in cartoon form. And we are um, working on that as well right now, and love working on that show. We, you know, we had an amazing first season. We got to do Thurgood Marshall and Amelia Earhart. We did obviously all the people we did books on. You know, we did yeah. Abraham Lincoln and Neil Armstrong, and and let us put out the kids. You know, lessons about humility. You know, remember when humility was a great American value. We've lost that and we need it back again. And I love that our kids' books and, and the cartoon show with them get to put those heroes back in the public eye. We did George Washington and, um, you know, and, and I we spend so much time kind of tearing our heroes apart and then building them up again in America. And we just should spend a little bit more time just talking about uh, the amazing accomplishments they did do rather than all the flaws that they're filled with.
1: Okay. So you said this morning that, uh, you know, Oprah was kind enough to send you, I see some of the pictures that, uh, are in the book and, uh, you know, some, some of the things that, you know, she's aware of the book, but I haven't seen the, uh, Brad Meltzer.com, uh, Apple plus TV, uh, interview with Oprah Winfrey. What's her problem? What's her deal?
0: Yeah. I mean, truly right. That's the, a- When we did I Am Jane Goodall, Jane Goodall got on the, you know, she was so amazing. When when we did I Am Billie Jean King, she spent two hours on the phone with us. Um, You can tell you've reached the pinnacle. Oprah has, like, obviously this whole team, but she really was. I'm making a joke. Harpo and everyone there was so kind. They gave us photos and, listen, corrected details about her childhood that you're like, okay, only one person can really know this story this well. Right. Um, And they just couldn't be more supportive. I mean, you know, I think when we got, when we did I Am Walt Disney, and Disney Corporation let us use Mickey Mouse on the cover. Yeah. That was when we knew like okay, yeah. people are really digging the books and Absolutely. like they gave us the golden goose, right? Like that that was a huge deal. And having Oprah send her childhood photos and you know, that was a it, it was it's really meaningful. And and even Dolly Parton we're doing I am Dolly Parton is one of the ones you can pre-order now, but she and and everyone in the Imagination Library are so amazing and so kind and so generous. And I love the fact that people realize that we're on a mission and we're on a mission to help build the next generation of little do-gooders one book at a time. And we're going to give them all these lessons of character and compassion and how to be good people because, my God, our kids need some light right now. We all could use some light right now.
1: Amen. Brad Meltzer, Meltzer bradmeltzer.com for all the information on everything that uh, is Brad Meltzer. Just go to bradmelter.com. And uh, the latest edition out on the shelves today, I am Oprah Winfrey. Brad, I love you. We'll talk to you soon, okay?
0: Love you, brother. Thanks so
1: much for everything and for supporting us in every different genre, thrillers, nonfiction
0: for adults, and these kids' books now. It means more than you know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: Okay, I cannot wait to see the footage of what's purported to be hundreds of Netflix employees walking out of work today because they're pissed at Netflix. bastards for releasing Dave Chappelle and his transphobic material from the closer. huh? And they left out how much he got paid for it. Well, that person walked out because they fired her or him. I didn't say, I'm sorry, I don't mean to I don't want to misgender someone that got fired But uh, you shouldn't have done that You can't be releasing confidential information out So So Now a number of Netflix stars Have publicly supported the walkout Uh huh Okay Uh, But uh, And Ted Sarandis has backed the decision to air the special, so he doesn't care, obviously, what's going on, and uh, he doesn't care about the the criticism or the pushbacks. Now, the walk, the organizers have presented a list of demands to the company. Now they sent a boring letter that was <laughs> hugely long, and I'm sure Ted read every word of it. But uh, the list that they added to the letter of their demands. Uh, content investment they want to create a new fund to specifically develop trans and non-binary talent this fund should support both above the line and below the line talent oh okay the fund should exist in addition to the existing creative equity fund Increase investment in trans and non-binary content on Netflix comparable to our total investment in transphobic content, including marketing and promotion. Invest in multiple trans creators to make both scripted and unscripted programs across genres. Revise internal processes on commissioning and releasing potential harmful Sensitive in quotation marks Content Including but not limited to Involving parties Who are part of the subject community And can speak to potential harm Or consulting with third party experts or vendors (sighs) Increase the ERG role In conversations Around potentially harmful content And ensure we have best in class Regional support on complicated intersectional diversity issues, how about you just do your job? I mean, if you're working it, I never mind. I'm not. I'm not Ted, and this is a great idea. It's a great idea. We need to. We need to have more funds. More funds need to be created. In fact, I want a fat person fund. I want a. How about you hire a fat guy fund? And I'll go to work for Netflix, okay? That's what I want. Hire trans, I'm just going to replace trans and non-binary with higher fat and non-skiddy content executives, especially BIPOC, especially extra fat in leading positions. That's what I'm saying. This is the new letter that I'm sending to Netflix. I'm just going to replace trans and non-binary and BIPOC. Although I still might be. Am I part of the BIPOC community? I'm part of the BIFAT community. So that goes to BIPAT. Right. So recruit fat people, especially BIFAT for leadership roles in the company, director, VP, etc., and promote an inclusive environment for them. All employees to remove themselves from previous company promotional content. Allow employees to remove themselves from previous company promotional content. Oh, they made videos and now they're pissed. Oh no, yeah, we love working for Netflix. No, we don't, not because of Dave Chappelle. Acknowledge Oh, this is harm under the heading of harm reduction. Acknowledge the harm and Netflix's responsibility for this harm from fatphobic content. And in particular, harm to the fat trans community. Add a disclaimer before fatphobic titles that specifically flag fatphobic language, misogyny, fatphobia, hate speech, etc. as required. Boost promotion for disclosure and other fat affirming titles in the platform. Suggest fat affirming content alongside and after content flagged as anti fat. I am a fan of this. Netflix, call me and we'll get this thing worked out for you. Okay. Sincerely, now they signed it because they want to, you know, they want to have a more entertaining place for us all that's how they ended this letter and they signed it sincerely don't forget I'm changing trans to fat for these letters sincerely fat Netflix (laughs) (laughs) oh man I we we I love Netflix I love them they actually said uh that in yesterday, I think yesterday they said they were going to change how it measures uh, titles the the viewers post on how they how they do it because of Squid Game. Um, apparently, you know they do the. We talked about it how they measure their metric with the two minute view metric uh, that is used the last couple of years, but now they're going to report total hours viewed within 28 days of release. So that should be interesting. So we think engagement as measured by hours viewed is a slightly better indicator of the overall success of our titles and member satisfaction. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It also matches our outside service measures, how they TV viewing and gives proper credit to re-watching. Yeah, so that's cool. Now, so I guess we have, um, I mean, holy cow, Squid Game uh, would create, nearly 900 million in value for the company despite costing only 21.4 million dollars to produce cost them 21 million dollars to produce squid game i guess i'd be right what they have nine episodes right eight or nine episodes of squid game uh, they did a lot of flashbacks. That's where the money. That's where you. That's what costs a lot of money in production. Is the when you do the flashbacks. No, I'm not kidding. When you watch some of the movies, when you watch some movies that don't have the flashbacks, like they, because they didn't have the money, you see the guy he it, in a scene that would be where a flashback would be. It's just him, you know, sitting there shaking, and you know the, you realize that he's thinking about the past, but. We didn't have enough money to film any of the flashbacks, so you just get the guys sitting there shaking. Okay. Uh, that's the way I mean that's the way it works. It's what you got. You only have ten million instead of the twenty one point four. So we're not doing the flashbacks. But it was well worth it. So apparently Netflix says the series racked up a hundred and forty two million views over its first twenty-eight days. That seems pretty good. That seems pretty good for Netflix according to this uh, Money Heist got 69 million views I think we looked at some of these uh, some of those listings before so uh, right now Netflix has 213.56 million global subscribers that seems pretty good people paying 2 113 almost 14 million people paying you monthly to watch your service uh yeah i i'm uh that's yes okay even if even let's say 20 million of those are free for the first 30 day you got 30 days free right oh hell that's makes me want to hate him you know what? They need to become more, less, they need to become less fat-phobic at Netflix. Yeah, that's what needs to happen, okay? And I know it's time to uh, time to wrap it up, so I'll, I'll just remind you that uh, Haiti is probably not the best place to go this time of year or any time during the year. The 17 members of the missionary group that uh, were kidnapped uh, Saturday. Now uh, a ransom has been demanded. Uh, The group that kidnapped the missionary group, 400 Mawazo gang, uh, is demanding $1 million per person for their release. They reached out to the Christian Aid Ministries themselves. Uh, they made were made directly to the ministry leader. So this group were on the way to the airport. They were there to help an, uh, an orphanage and they were leaving and then they got kidnapped. So and it's only a million dollars a person to get them out of Haiti. If you believe that that will get them out of Haiti. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we, if you could pay it, I guess you would pay it to get these people out of there and be safe. Security in Haiti has, um, well, declined uh, in the recent years, to say the least. I mean, they had the assassination of the president. They had the earthquake, another big, huge earthquake in August. Um, gangs are pretty much running the country. And the kidnappings that have been reported in the first nine months of 2021, more than 600 of kidnappings have been reported last year there were only 231 and i know you say only 231 compared to 600 plus in 2021 yeah it's only 231 i will say that they also talk about how haiti has gone into this strike where everything is shut down so businesses schools public transportation already are hurting because of you know the i don't know the country is in turmoil they're shutting down they're on strike oh okay so now not only are you hurting because of the gangs running the country you're just going to shut everything down they're going to run it all good times good times you may decide when thinking about where to go for a vacation, or you look at that map and you say, where is Haiti? Maybe that's a country you don't point out. Uh, That right there is Haiti. And you've decided, nah, we're not going to go there. Let's go somewhere else for the holiday, okay? All right, that's good. And always remember, I learned a quote today from the great Tom Petty. Uh, Rest his soul. Uh, Tom Petty do something you really like and hopefully it pays the rent as far as i'm concerned that's success i gotta say i agree with tom petty that's the american dream right there when you're doing something that you really like money is just a secondary thing it doesn't hopefully it pays the rent that's in the words of tom petty personally I would say man of the american dream and success does tend to be a lot better when the bank account is flush but what do i know i'm not tom petty <laughs>